0: We are here living the authentic life, and we have Beth Mickey in the house. You probably know her as Bethy Live, and she is so fun, whimsical, um, always in pink and bows and girly and tulle. Gotta be something. (laughs) Well, you do it well. Oh, and rhinestones. Mm -hmm. And... I guess so much of that came from you being a dancer. I mean, you danced for, you were a dance major. I was a dance major at University (laughs) of Texas. Hi, doggy. Grace Um, Kelly, no affecting the tights. And and you look, look at your dance today. Yeah, I was a ballerina. I'm still
1: a ballerina. I'll always be a ballerina. And it's just, it comes out in a lot of my life. You know, I've been on the board of Houston Ballet for 23 years. I chaired the ballet ball. I mean, they'll have to drag me out of that place. You know, it's my home away from home and it's my passion. But I, I also reflected in my fashion. I wear a lot of ballerina looking type clothes. In fact, my um, dry cleaners, the lady at my dry cleaners, <laughs> usually she asks for my phone number uh-huh. and she says, "Oh, I don't need your phone number anymore. I put you down as ball- ballet Beth. Oh, ballet,
0: Barbie, Beth. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that is incredible. I feel like Sarah Jessica Parker and Sex and the City kind of brought tutus back for adults. Totally. And I loved that she did that. Yes. And I still so embrace that whole idea. And, of course, she had Mikhail Baryshkinov was her boyfriend in the show. Yes. Who I was obsessed with. I guess the first time I really watched him was in White Nights. Mm-hmm. Was that back in the eighties? The eighties, yeah. With Gregory Hines, Hines, the, Hines, the mm-hmm. tap dancer. Mm-hmm. God, they were amazing. Mm-hmm. So I did get to go to the New York City Ballet gala. I we were oh, really supportive fun. of the Vale Dance Festival, and we bought it as mm-hmm. an auction item. And I've our, been to that festival. Oh, you have! Isn't it enchanting yeah. to watch? the most incredible dancers yeah. outside in a theater because you have Vail roots
1: too. We've yes, talked my, about that. My father started taking me to Vail when I was fourteen and then he ended up owning two separate houses there over a period of twenty five years. Wow. So um he didn't he finally had to sell his house due to ill health because mm-hmm. you can't go to that altitude if it's you hard. have heart problems. But yeah, I kind of
0: grew up going to Vail. It's yeah well i my first time to go was i was 10. uh-huh and then i think i guess we bought a place there in 1984. i guess i was 10 then no i'm just kidding i was not 10. yeah <laughs> i might have been in high school <laughs> <laughs> but um it's so it's such a it's such a happy place for me yeah so many great memories because you could finally slow down but um okay let's get back to dance so i'm at this new york city ballet gala Sarah Jessica Parker is in the room and Mikhail Baryshnikov. Oh, so my. I see him and I walk up and ask if I can have a photo with him. And he did say yes, mm-hmm. but he's not warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. He's not very friendly, but he wasn't rude. He was just Russian and yeah. old and yeah. persnickety. Yeah. But I loved him in that role of in uh, the movie in the movie um, and across from Sarah Jessica Parker. And, and if you go back,
1: I recently was watching something I won't remember, and it was showing him dancing in his day. And I also won't remember which companies he danced for, obviously in Russia. But then yes. he really, to this day, is one of the best male dancers
0: of all time. And he made male dancing sexy, He did. I think, because it was pretty much thought of as something that effeminate mm-hmm men did. Mm-hmm. And he was so masculine and yeah. strong. Well, and, in uh,
1: Russia was treated as a, you were treated as an athlete. Yes. If you were a ballet dancer, just like you were a gymnast, a gymnast, you were treated exactly. like an athlete. They really... Now I do have to say, I spend a lot, obviously a lot of time at Houston ballet uh-huh. and all of those dancers there are also treated like the athletes that they are. Yes. You know, because Our Houston Ballet dancers are dancers, they're ballet, they're jazz, they're modern, they're actors,
0: big-time actors, and they're athletes. Well, Lauren Anderson was a podcast guest. Yes. What an athlete she is. So I have a history with Lauren as well. (gasps) Tell us. Tell us, tell us. I have two two quick Lauren stories. Uh She and I are very good friends. Of course you are. You're both badass women. So, um...
1: I was asked in 2000 to chair the ballet ball Uh and Ben Stevenson at the time was the artistic director Uh and he and Patsy Chapman who Patsy, you know, was big time uh, Houston ballet employee ran the nutcracker everything. She's Ah, retired now. Okay. So they took me to lunch and they said, we're so excited. You're chairing the ballet ball. We have a really big favor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And they said, you know, We we're premiering a ballet in March and the ballet balls always in February. And in years past, we've asked a ball chairman to maybe use the theme for their ball of the upcoming premiere ballet. And a lot of them has said no for whatever reason. And I was and I won't name one ballet that was declined that I will never understand. But anyway, um, but I won't name it. So they turned to me and said, "We're premiering Cleopatra."
0: <gasps>
1: I said, "Say no more. I'm so in." And they were like, "You are." I was like, first of all, it's brilliant. Second of all, you just checked a box. I don't have to think
0: about what to How think. How do I guess? And what do I wear? That's pretty obvious. And what do true? I wear?" <laughs> and Lauren was Cleopatra.
1: Ah. Uh. So uh the ball was at the Wortham, but we tented the plaza out front. Wow. And so we had all these beautiful rugs and all this. This is where you mingled. And then when you walked in to go up to the party, we had well Lauren was there of course, but we had this big Cleopatra setting with dancers <sighs> and so she and I just yes. from day one. So then fast forward uh, many years later, I started my Bethy Life website in 2014. Mm-hmm. And as you well know, for five years, I did woman or man crushes. I did it typically once a month, sometimes twice a month, but typically once a month. And interviewed people, profiled them on my website. You were one of them. And of course, I asked Lauren. So, of course, in our interview, in our um So I did when I profiled people, I did Mm -hmm. physical pictures of them in like three different outfits. Mm -hmm. Then I did a written interview and then I did a video interview much like we're doing today.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So Lauren came in for her video interview and we sat down and I sort of had a list of typical Mm -hmm. list of questions that I asked each one of you. And she said, well, I'm going to tell you something in this interview that no one else knows yet. And I said, oh, good. We got this right. And she said, it hasn't been, uh, put out there yet, but she said, you know how I think Oprah was mostly involved in this, in the secondary Smithsonian for Mm -hmm. black history. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I hope I'm getting that right. Okay. She said, I'm in the Smithsonian. Wow. And I said, you're kidding. And she goes, no, my point, they've got point shoes in there and Next, the Houston Ballet is going to Washington, D.C., I think next year. Uh, I'm definitely going to go and go see this. But I know like her point shoes are in there and her story because she was the first ballerina of color to be the prima, a prima ballerina in a major
0: ballet company. And the first African American prima ballerina to be on the cover of a magazine, I believe, as well. I believe you. I
1: don't know that, but I believe she'd had a lot of firsts, but she had a lot of firsts. And so she's in the Smithsonian. And then like when Misty Copeland with New York City Ballet was Mm -hmm, promoted, mm -hmm. and this was fairly recently in the last few years to prima ballerina, uh, you know, soloist, whatever they call it there. Uh, Lauren was the one who walked out on stage when it was announced that night after the ballet was over and presented her with the flowers. Oh. So yeah.
0: Love Lauren. And she is such an athlete. Yes. My husband had not. I grew up dancing tap, ballet and jazz, but not as a ballerina, more as somebody who just loved movement and yeah. drill team and yeah, it was exercise. I saw you in the dancing,
1: dancing with the stars. Dancing
0: with the stars. Sir. I love I love dance. I still do. And so I asked him to come along because Things are much more relaxed there. So he was open and literally he tears up almost every performance because he's amazed by the magnitude of talent and athleticism in the dancers. Yeah. It really touches him. Yeah. And um, what I like, too, is that I think there's um, I we're most fond of the proper ballet when we see things, although we also love. I think it's called Memphis Jukin, Jukin. I'm not always saying it the right word. Mm -hmm. But we love that they bring these people from the New York City Ballet, but then they do all these other types of things. Oh, yeah. And they mix modern with it. And so it is, it's so much more about our culture as we are today, that there aren't as many constraints about what we do, but yet um, there's some freedom in it, and it's very international. It's so amazing. And I love how you take it into your clothing. So let's talk about fashion. I do take because it into my clothing. <laughs> it is such a, I mean, I love tulle. I'm a pink girl and I love tulle. And I think it's because of dance. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and you picked up her to come sit with I us. I immediately picked up the ballet
1: pink Chanel. Exactly, tote.
0: and then you noticed this. And then I pillow. immediately noticed this pillow, and I was it like, "It was can we on bring, Bella's bed when she was young, and she's i like, 'I'm too grown up for it.'" I'm like, "Well, then give it to mom," because I'm like aging back into it, <laughs> or I probably never aged out of it. But again, Hermes scarves used Love to this. make pillows. So talk about fashion and dance.
1: So yeah, uh, fashion is always been sort of a part of my life, Mm -hmm. but it was. So my children graduated. Well, they're three years apart. And by my second one in 2011, graduated and went off to college and I became an empty nester. And that was the exact same year that I was asked to do dancing with the stars for Houston ballet, which was really fun.
0: Yes, But that's sort of Smith was that under or that was different. That was, Lester also had a Dancing with the Stars, or did he dance with the Houston Ballet?
1: Maybe he was in one of the Houston Ballet. Well, I don't know. We, I don't there know. Were three he was a
0: dancer, I remember, too. Yeah,
1: that could be. There were three. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's you okay. There were three Dancing with the Houston Stars for Houston oh, Ballet. There were three of them. Okay. One year, one year, and then they skipped a year, and then another year.
0: Got it.
1: So I was asked to do it in 2011, and I had continued being in a ballet class, but not like real, so I really had to bone up. So I went and I met with um, the choreographer, and I said, "I'm a uh, dancer, so we're gonna match mm, this up here." And he's like, "Okay." And so it really like got me back into shape, which you know you think you're in shape until you have to do well, you know, yeah. a three and a half minute dance, and you're just like, <gasps> <gasps> yeah. <sighs> And I was like, you're going to, you're going to need a guy who's younger than me. You're going to need a tall guy. Cause I want him to lift me up, you know, and all this stuff Anyway, at the time of my life. And it was very life changing for me because yes. I was a brand new empty nester and it just opened these horizons of that. I kind of wanted a new chapter in my life. It really did. To this day, I thank Becca case and thrash for asking me to do it. And I've told her, you know, what you provided me ended up being The timing ended up being very life changing. And um, so in 2011, after that, I ended up becoming a single woman again, although I'm still very good friends with my former husband. Uh, I became a single woman and went out on my own and a couple of so for two years, I just had fun, you know, kind of an empty nester thing. I went to music festivals. I love music and concerts and ran around and had the time I left. So finally, like in 2013, I was like, you know, I should do something. I should get back and do something productive. But I didn't want to go back to what I'd done before, which was just mainly philanthropy. Mm -hmm. I was president of March of Dimes Guild, president of Pelton Children's Center Guild. You know, I did uh, Junior League, which I still do. But, you know, I didn't want to go back that way. So I literally said out loud, you know, they say, say it out loud. Amen. I said, okay, universe, God. Um, I want to do something, but I don't know what, just let me know. So they say if three different people come up and say the same yes. thing to you. Yes. So literally within a couple of weeks after I said that out loud, I was at a luncheon at River Oaks country club. I don't remember what it was for. And two girls that I was tried else with in college who I hadn't seen in quite a while came up and they said, what, what are you up to Beth? And I looked at them and I said, you know, I don't know. I literally said that. And they said, you should do something in fashion. And then they sort of walked off and I was like, okay, you know, and then one other thing happened to me where somebody said I should do something in fashion. And I don't remember right this second, but then finally one day, literally a week later, I was at Starbucks just standing there in line. And I had this. T-shirt on with the cover of Hotel California, you know, from the Eagles, and the back of the T-shirt went really low, and I had this little skirt on. Everything, no big deal. And this girl kind of taps me on the back, and she said, "Oh, I'm a student at the Houston Arts Alliance uh, Mm -hmm. School Art Institute. Art Institute, and I do fashion and photography and everything." And she goes, "Are you in fashion?" And I turned to her out of the blue. And I said, yes, I'm going to start a fashion blog. And she goes, oh, you have a fashion blog. And I said, no, but I'm going to go start one. And I walked out and I started it. It
0: was like, wow, that yeah. is chilling. Yeah. Yeah. That is that you were open. To I was the open. Universe. Tell me what. Yes. You were searching. You wanted answers. Tell and Tell me you were but you also knew who you were and you knew what you loved Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you were confident enough to step out. I think it's really hard for women who feel like they want something different, but don't change anything. Like don't leave their husband. Don't go to music festivals. Don't change their steps. And then wallow in the fact that their life hasn't changed.
1: So when I decided to go out on my own, uh, and that's speak for divorce, you know, and everything. Yes. Um, I bought like four or five self-help books, even though I don't usually read self-help books. Uh-huh. They're great when you're going through a little something. Yes. So one of them uh-huh. was like face the fear and do it anyway. And then there was a couple mm-hmm. more. Uh-huh. Well, one I remember distinctly was it was about women in midlife going through midlife because uh-huh. when women hit midlife,
0: uh-huh.
1: Especially when they become empty nesters, it just Uh opens up this whole new and a lot of it can be very difficult for women. Yes. And and I'm sure men, too, but I'll focus on women. And so this one book in particular, they had interviewed like thousands of women who were in their 70s. Uh And they said the only group of women in their 70s who held regret were ones who did nothing, not ones who even made bad choices, you know, or maybe like, why did I do that? Or, you know, the
0: ones who did nothing. So um, I read that quote that you said Mm -hmm. and um, one of the articles about you, it said something like, you don't regret what you did. You regret what you didn't do. Right, right.
1: So when you change your life, when you've been one way. So at the time I was 51. And when you change your
0: life, a lot of people don't like it. And oh, it's hard for growth. It's hard for friendship. Some people I don't want friends see the grown you or don't want to let go of what they see you as. Yeah. And I did change, you know, in their defense,
1: I did change. Maybe they didn't <laughs> like the new me. So I lost friends. I also was criticized at first because I started walking around Houston in high heels and socks and no one did that anywhere. And so I was, you know, heard people talking about me and I also didn't and still don't dress age appropriately. Mm-hmm. And people talked about that. But they say, if you're being authentic mm-hmm. now, if I was being fake, like, Oh, look at me in my socks or look at me in my little young outfit, don't People, you know, but if you're actually being authentic and you're just being who you are, people will come with you. They'll finally get on board with you, which is what happens. They like the energy, they they like the
0: confidence.
1: Well, and they know you're just doing yourself. Yes. You know? And um, one of a very well known uh, man of fashion in Houston who runs one of the stores in Houston came up to me like a couple of years later. He goes, Okay, Mew uh, Mew, Miu Miu, Prada, Chanel, everybody's wearing socks with heels now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And to this day, you know, so,
0: um, but. And yeah. now this year more than ever, more you're than... seeing the colored tights and the different right. colored tights with the different colored shoes. Right. You're like, oh, yeah. You're, well, you're welcome. <laughs> Um,
1: but, but getting back to being authentic to yourself. So what happened to me when I became, you know, on my own, I sort of reverted to reliving my twenties because in my twenties I lived like someone in their fifties. I had a job I didn't like, you know, I, and then I became happy again in my thirties because I had my children, you know, Mm -hmm. but in my twenties I was not happy. So did you work like a nine to five job yeah. in
0: finance or something? Yes. Because I had finance degree. I ended
1: up getting a finance degree and I worked 95 in finance because I'm good with numbers. And I was very unhappy in my twenties. And I just didn't live like you're supposed to live in your twenties. Yes. And in college I was rather disciplined because I became president of the Tridult chapter. So I had to be very disciplined because I was Madam President and which I loved every minute of it but I just led a very disciplined life. Mm -hmm. So then when I got to my fifties, something (laughs) snapped and it was like the universe was like, we're going to give you a solid and let you go back and kind of relive your twenties. So that's what I did in my fifties as I relived my twenties authentically though, not on purpose. You know, I dated guys in their twenties. I hung out with girls in their twenties, not exclusively, but you know, I dressed young because it was here and it was yes. here and
0: you weren't trying no. to be
1: something. Oh, on the you contrary, I fought living. it actually.
0: But what, can we share the, the glasses comment that your, your kids would yeah. tell you at, that because was, I do this too. When I forget my glasses <laughs> Do will
1: you tell it or you want me to start? Yeah, it, I'll, I'll tell it. So this was when, <laughs> when I was in my late forties and I was still married and my children were at home <laughs> and my son was like in high school and my daughter was either in high school or close to it. And all of a sudden, like everybody else on the planet, in my late forties, I started like losing my vision up close, (laughs) you know? And, um, my mother used to call it, if you can't read the phone book anymore, you know, you're going to know. So we were out (laughs) at this lovely dinner, my husband, son, and daughter, and I was in complete denial about losing my vision. So they hand the uh, menu to me and I took the candle from the center of the table and I set it right on the menu. And I, this was before iPhones. Right, with, that
0: you could use the light. <laughs> yeah,
1: because this was like in the 2000s or whatever. Early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. So I put the candle there so I could, you know, read the menu and my son, you know, boys, he looks at me, and goes, Mom, do you think that makes you look any younger? <laughs> Putting the candle on the menu that if you just get yourself some readers. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so I went and got the readers. But, um, and yeah. I'm sure your readers were fabulous. They yeah. were a fashion they're, statement. They're they were fabulous. Not... You know, yeah. who cares? You know, everybody.
0: Exactly. I know. I'm aging. There's
1: nothing you can do about it. But, um, but yeah, I, I had the best time ever be- living my authentic self. I love it. In so
0: 50s. I also read where you had talked about a friend of yours had said to rip out papers and put it on a bulletin board and then look and see where it directed you. And yes. I've never heard that before. No, I think it was pretty interesting. It was excellent. Excellent
1: idea. So I didn't technically do what she said, yes. but I did it up here. So she said, if you don't know where you, you want to go next, like if your life is a bit of a blank slate, mm-hmm. which mine was mm-hmm. at that time literally mm-hmm. a blank slate, which can be really exciting and really scary at the same time. You know, so much opportunity, is so scary. much opportunity, but it's scary, Fear, especially when you're older. Yeah. And, um, so my friend said, go through magazines, all kinds of magazines. And when, a, when you fall in love with the picture, rip it out and put it up on a board, almost like a Pinterest. And she said, once you look at all that, then you're going to know what, you like and what maybe makes you happy. And I sort of did that
0: mentally and she's right. So there's a term that I found, it's called Ikigai and it's a Japanese term and it's four factors. What do you love to do? What are you good at? What does the world need from you and what can you get paid to do? Yeah. And that is what Bethy live is. you were able to meet people mm-hmm. and you were able to share their stories and connect through fashion and how, I mean, you were doing that kind of bloggers were coming along and you were monetizing it. You mm-hmm. were making it mm-hmm. a successful career, but that, how did you reach out to sponsors? Like how did all of that
1: Well, I, you know, people then, well, initially I didn't make money. I was doing it more as a hobby Mm -hmm. as a, this is what I want to do. It was just like drawn. I was drawn to create this website and I wanted to start it as a fashion website and maybe, you know, create some Houston backdrops and kind of feature Houston as a backdrop. If you notice a lot of my pictures, I'm using backdrops in Houston. But I had hired an agency to help me create the website because I sure as heck didn't know how to mm-hmm. do that on a computer. Mm-hmm. Unlike my daughter who created her own website, like herself, you know? Yes. But I'm from the seventies, you know? So, um, I hired an agency. Well, there was this young gal who was my, you know, go to there, mm-hmm. super nice girl. And she helped me create the, the site and I got it up and going. And she turned to me and one day and she goes, you know a lot of people in Houston, don't you? You know, like a lot of people who are in the high society and all that in Houston. I said, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't think much about it. And she goes, I want to know about those people. And I said, oh, you do? And she goes, yeah, I would read or look at your website to get to know some of those people. And she named some names, maybe some on the best dress list, maybe some, you know, this or that. Well, I didn't think about it because I already knew. They were your friends. You had access to them. Yeah. And I said, well, that's interesting. And that's when I said, "Okay," And we thought about it and brainstormed and decided I was going to do the woman and man crush. And so I targeted people in Houston who were incredibly interesting for whatever reason. And many of them known. And you know, what was interesting was I was one of the first people to do that in Houston. And so I got people who were even
0: in the media, right? Like news Just anchors on them versus and they right. were like, Oh, you want to know about me? You, yeah. Like I
1: even profiled people, you know, news anchors, magazine owners, people that are in the limelight yes. who said, Oh, I've never been asked to talk about myself. Mm -hmm. And so they were thrilled to do that. And so I ended up um, profiling around 65 people over five years. And first of all, it put my website on the map. And then I was asked to cover parties, like as a media person. Mm -hmm. But my favorite thing about my woman and man crush was it enabling me to get to know these people on a whole new level. Absolutely. A whole new level.
0: Past hi how are you how's the weather how are you doing i'll
1: see him at a luncheon or whatever you Um, could get to
0: the deep stuff quicker yes
1: and apparently i was somewhat of a good interviewer because almost every person said to me oh my gosh you i can't believe you got me to tell that story i don't usually tell that story or something like Mm -hmm. that so um it was really fun and to this day i'm on a higher level friendship with everybody I interviewed than before I interviewed them. You know completely And I'm yes, sure you have that.
0: the exact same experience with your podcast. So it you is. can totally relate to what I'm saying. It's it's truly and it's such a fascinating moment. It's what I was said last week is to be born in a time that we have the ability to share our voice and to get it to people in a way that so many people couldn't share their voice. Women couldn't even write a novel. They had to pin it under a man's name. And here Mm -hmm. we are sharing and putting it out there. Yeah. Finding thousands of people that want to listen and hear about it. Because I think to what I found and what I shared about the Forbes Women's Summit was I think people have this perception that people who are successful or living their best life or who seem to have figured out how to be happy and live a good life don't have bad things that happen to them yeah and that's just not Mm-mm. the reality Mm-mm. it's how we take the bad things that happen to us mm-hmm. and how we reach sh- we shift them as an opportunity instead of something that was directed at us to take us down yeah because everyone you meet there's some challenge or cross to bear yes Or some difficult thing to overcome. Yep. So, and I find it interesting that men, that you had as many men that listen to, because I guess I'm surprised too, but that men tune in and they listen. When men say they follow me on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I mean, Rob is certainly hilarious and great. But that they really watch it and they're people with jobs and not just kids at home that don't have a job watching it. Talk about that. On
1: my Google analytics, which Uh I don't look
0: at anymore, but
1: Uh I was looking at my Google analytics when I was Uh really profiling people and really starting my website. And I was putting some girls on there and then I kind of turned it to mainly focus Uh on me fashion wise. The analytics were more than 50% of my followers were men. Uh And, you know, obviously, you know, I think they found a lot of the women I interviewed men interesting as well as men probably like to look at cute girls and cute outfits you know Yes, exactly so yeah I didn't see that coming I thought when I started this it was just just gonna be be a female driven Mm -hmm. and it was like no every month it was more than 50% were men and I also um, get a lot of young girls who come up to me they'll recognize me when I'm out
0: this happens a lot
1: or their mothers will recognize me. I just had this happen at the best dress luncheon where a mother came up to me. I didn't know her. And she said, are you Bethy? And I said, yes. And she said, my daughter follows you. She's obsessed with you. She's in college. And I get a lot of young girls who come up and they know who I am. And I think they can sense, first of all, you know, they like the way I dress, right? But they can sense,
0: you know, young girls look up to older women. They do. And they want to know, like, how should they how can they move forward? What what should they be thinking about? How? Yeah. And I think it gives them a freedom to be more them to watch you being free. Right. Right. To see you going through. Houston society where people all are a certain way and for you to be different and to be accepted and welcomed Mm -hmm. in a way that. Is really meaningful, yeah, yeah, and to find your place so clearly, yes. Because when you're young, you feel like you're alone a lot. Mm -hmm. I sense that with Mm -hmm. my daughter, yeah. And um, and as you grow up, you realize that even when you feel isolated, you're not alone, right? And whatever emotion you're feeling, right. So, how did your kids relate to you being young and spirited? How did that work? Was that hard? Because yeah. Bella, it was hard for Bella that I wasn't dressed like all the other moms at the school. We were talking about this yesterday after our Memorial Herman event about how we would all go to the school and our kids were like, you don't look like the rest of the moms. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't. So, and you didn't do this till after. I didn't do this till they left because my parents
1: divorced when I was very young and it was very, very difficult. And I was, I had a good marriage. So, I mean, it was fine. It was a happy house, you know, so there wasn't any of that business going on. Good. So, um, I waited until my dog, you know, the last one was out of the nest before I decided to take the spotlight and put it back on myself. Ah, you know, because that. they were, I was focused <laughs> That's on the a kids. <laughs> I was focused on my kids Which and they should be, yeah. You know, they're a full-time thing. And I was, they, yes. they were more important to me than I was, you know, yes. but then, like I said, in 2011, it was sort of this dual thing. My daughter is getting ready to graduate and go off to college. And I'm getting this weird feeling, you know, that weird feeling like, What's, why do I feel weird? Something's getting ready to change in my life. And then I was asked to do Dancing with the Houston Stars, which just made me blossom. And it all happened at once. But yes, I, in answer to your question, I waited till my kids were grown in college, actually. However, in answer to your question, when I completely changed and became this single woman who acted like she was 21, you know, no, they weren't terribly fond of it, especially <laughs> my son. Um, Interesting. But I have really great kids yes. and they just, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. But then as I kept going through this process, mm-hmm. they ended up sort of getting on board with me. My daughter pretty early, mm-hmm. you know, because they knew I was just being authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just being authentic you know and, and it doesn't sound like you were reckless no no i didn't like i didn't do drugs or you know nothing weird you, you know were just reckless choosing to no have i was yeah no i still were... was the straight arrow it was funny you know i'd be at a music festival and i not only do i not do any drugs or anything like that i don't drink at those things or anything you know uh-huh. i'm just myself and but i'm dressed in something stupid <laughs> And I can't tell you how many times I'm at music festivals jumping around. They're like, Hey, what? I know you've got some Molly, you know, can we have some? And I'm like, I don't have any, I'm not on any, I'm just crazy. <laughs> I'm just having a lot of fun here. Dead mouse is up there. You know, I'm having a great time, but I mean, I got approached that a lot. Is can we have what you can have? We have? What you have? No, that a is lot. incredible young people. And then I had oh a lot of them God. coming up offering me something. I'm like, no, I'm good, you know. I got it worked no, out on my own. I'm good. At, at, I even have a couple of stories. Like one time I went to stereo live and I was wearing uh, like a tutu, something mm-hmm. really dumb, you know. And I go up there and, you know, they're checking IDs and this guy, he didn't look he didn't <laughs> look at he didn't look at my face. He just looked at what I was wearing. And he goes, ID, please. And I hand it to him, and at the time I was fifty five or six or so, And he goes, and he looks at me. I go, I know, I know. I said, don't worry. I know there's a lot of really bright lights in there. I'm not going to have a stroke. (laughs) You don't need to get the ambulance. I'm going to be fine. He starts cracking up, you know? And then one other time I was at, a that was at stereo live. I was at hard summer, which is an outdoor music festival outside of Los Angeles. Uh And my daughter usually went with me to that, but she, had to be somewhere else at that time. Uh-huh. So I ended up going by myself. So I had my little purse and I had my Eve St. Laurent lipstick and my Chanel gloss in there. So I'm going through all these lines <laughs> and this lady who's checking my bag, she pulls out the lipstick and the gloss. She goes, you can't bring this in here. And I was like, why not? She said, you, if you're going to bring lipstick and lip gloss, it has to be pre-packaged because I guess kids put drugs in lip gloss. I don't know. So I said, why not? So I'm arguing with her. So I was like, cause I'm a bit of a queen. I have the tattoo on the back of my neck to prove it. Uh, I can act like a queen Mm -hmm. if you put me in that mode. So I went all queen on her. I was like, you're not taking my lipstick, my lip gloss. First of all, it's Yves Saint Laurent and Chanel. Also, I need it. Like (laughs) my lips are going to get dry. I'm out here in the desert of California. I need need (laughs) these products. You don't understand. So she was like, but no. So I said, get the manager, please. Yeah, I I'm need ho- a manager. Mind you, there's like a hundred kids trying yeah. to get through this line. But They're like, oh, lady, behind move aside. Me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry. And I'm like, sorry, everybody, but you know, I'm got to work this out. So th- this guy comes, he's maybe 30. He's a yeah. little bit older, but he's the manager. And I went up and I said, she won't let me take these in. And I said, I am 56 years old there's going to be any drugs in here. It's going to be like blood pressure medicine or something. <laughs> and he starts howling, laughing. He goes, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Go right on through. Because <laughs> everyone at these festivals is, they're not even 30. No. You know, let alone. So anyway, i have I've got a million more stories like that. Super fun, you know, just
0: fun times. But wow, this is... I just don't go places by myself. Danette will even go on trips alone by herself and Mm -hmm. go have adventures. Yeah, I'll go with you next time. I know. And she's a big music. I mean, you guys are going to have, you guys need to, yeah, for sure, Mm -hmm. get on the same page. Because she would also fight for her Chanel lip gloss. Well, I won. (laughs) I won. And she would not give it up either. Yeah, I'm like... But I think it takes a strong person to go do these things alone and be totally sober doing it and just know what makes you come alive. Yeah. It's really, it's a gift. It's, it's, it's a gift to it's have a done gift. the work to get to this place. It, actually, it's a gift I was given. Okay, tell us about that. How
1: It, it was just the universe just gave me this gift of we're going to let you do this and let you become this, you know, I didn't choose it. You know, um, I was barely single for like five minutes and all of a sudden I got Facebook messaged by a 21 year old guy who I didn't know who he was. Uh I know anything about him. He's like, Hey, beautiful. I'd love to meet you. I'm like, what, what, you know? So this was just a gift I was given just handed. So now That phase will never be over for me. And yet I'm moved on now to a little bit of a new phase. Mm -hmm. So I still love the music concerts and the fashion, everything, but now I'm 63. I'm in a little bit of a new phase in my life. I bought a house. I'm a grandmother and I have another one on the way. And so now I'm a little more interested in maybe leading a little bit more of an adult life with maybe a more age appropriate man. And maybe instead of lots of fun boys, maybe one man. And so I've just kind of entered a new phase and it's time, Mm -hmm. you know, I love being a grandmother so much. It's just, mm. and, uh, it's drawn my son and I as close as we possibly could be. And my daughter and my daughter-in-law and, you know, so it's a really it this is a phase I'm a new phase that I'm really cherishing, you Beautiful. know, and I'm leaving that phase a little bit behind me. But mm-hmm. that's OK, because I'd kind of, you know, run the gamut. And now I'm really kind of enjoying this new phase of, you know, I bought a house, which is adulting, you know, like mm-hmm. now. So I, had you
0: always rent before that? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I had the hottest apartment on Allen Parkway. Everybody came.
0: Wow. Yes, I
1: had this gorgeous apartment on Allen Parkway. So yeah. So then when I was told I was gonna become a grandmother, something just I was like, I need to adult now, I need to get a house, I need somewhere to put them, you know, when they visit. Wow. And and it was the right thing to do because they all came to visit me over the fourth of July and my grandson was still crawling at the time, now he's walking over the place. But I had this big open area because I didn't have a lot of furniture yet. And he was crawling back and forth and back. And my son was like, thank you for getting this house for, uh, you know, I did it for my family. Oh. And um, so it it's a new phase that I'm really
0: cherishing. Amazing. So yeah. are you still writing and blogging? Oh, yeah. But I'm, I know you're posting a lot. So I still have my website, Bethelife.com. Okay. I post
1: uh, everything that you'll see on Instagram or Facebook. I actually do in a post. Oh, on my website, but I'm. Does that
0: help with analytics? I don't
1: know. Probably to drive more people there. Probably because a lot of people check my website. But what I haven't been doing on my website that I did for, I guess five or six years, Mm -hmm. was the interviewing other people, the crushes, Mm -hmm. and now I'm doing just really kind of focusing on fashion Mm -hmm. and some events I go to and stuff like that. So when you say writing. I'm not really writing. I'm more like three sentences and then dressed by so-and-so and and like where I'm at. And it's kind of more, it's
0: more visual. I think we've come to more visual. I know that's what applies to me unless I'm researching something or trying to find something. So that's really where our sharing with people seems to evolve too. Yeah. Uh, So what is the next chapter? What are the next charities? Or do you have things in mind or still forever the ballet board? Forever the ballet board. Mm -hmm. You
1: know, um, like I said, I've been on it 23 years. I was on exec for a couple years. I was on the committee to build the building in 2011. The capital
0: campaign. The capital campaign.
1: That was really interesting. I'll tell you one thing I learned in being on that board was they... They had hired this group out of Atlanta to come help us figure Mm -hmm. out how to raise the money and all that, because this is big business. And the guy of Atlanta said that Houston has the highest number of theater seats outside of New York City. Wow. And he's not talking about movie theaters. He's talking about theater seats. And Mm -hmm. I was like, we're all like, we do, you know, so we don't realize what a big arts community this is that we're in. But, um, as for charities the next chapter, I'm kind of back at a little bit of a blank slate, not completely since Mm -hmm. I've decided to go into a little new phase in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm there's a little bit of blank space that I don't know what I'm going to do with, but yes, I will always be on the ballet board. I will always be repping Houston ballet. I just did a post there yesterday in front of the mural doing one tomorrow in front of the mural, different dress. Um, And I really love supporting charities right now. I don't really, I'm kind of past the phase where I'm asked to chair anything anymore. Mm -hmm. I did that in my thirties and forties, but I love going to the opera museum, you know, uh, lots of luncheons and supporting a lot of charities in Houston, donating money and attending their events and.
0: Well, you are busy. Yeah. And I feel like I see you everywhere I go. <laughs> so I know you're going to other things I'm not even going yes, to. Yes.
1: But, you know, I don't go to as much as I used to because you get a little pickier, you know. We do. But, um, and some things I started going to a couple of times that I've never been to before. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just went to the firefighters gala. Oh, What a blast was that, you know. Cute never... firefighters? Well, yeah, that kind of uh, helped. not going to lie. <laughs> so I was like. I pulled one of my friends. I was like, you know, we need to try this gala. You know, well, it was so much fun. It was yes. really fun. So um, I don't go to as much as I used to, but yeah, I'm I'm out a lot.
0: And then Lauren's charity, the CC, Lauren Anderson. Yes, the Lauren. That, I do donate to that. Lauren Anderson. Um, and then the Masseys are real involved, but we're going to be out of town for that. I've uh-huh. never been to it, but it's all of the different theatrical... Uh, cultural community Mm -hmm. coming together Mm -hmm. in the arts Mm
1: -hmm. i don't know i need to contact lauren about that because i don't know a lot about that what's happening there okay i know she has her education fund over at houston Ballet in her name Mm -hmm. but what that event we were both
0: across the room but didn't see each other
1: um, uh yeah um, and she's involved in the Houston arts Alliance. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. That's what you're talking. I do know about that. Yeah. Okay. So she's, yeah. And that party's next weekend, next weekend. Yeah. Not This one. Mm -hmm. And I had gone to that before and that, that's a really good organization that supports hope. I'm going to get this right. All the arts, Uh mostly I believe local arts and local artists. Yeah. So like when we go to the gala next week, I think there'll be art sitting out, Mm -hmm. which I could use some art for my house. So that will be fun. Um, but yeah, Lauren's heavily involved in that. And Tatiana Mm -hmm. Massey, who she and her husband were also involved with the ballet. That's how I first kind of met them. He was on the board, I believe. So that'll be a fun event. I like, I lean toward the arts just because, you know,
0: I like the arts. Well, any parting words to people trying to figure out their next steps in life?
1: Oh, my big parting words are this. Face the fear and do it anyway. Oh, because you don't regret what you do. You will regret what you don't do. Even if you make a mistake, do it anyway. And to you ladies out there, do not for one second think about H and letting that stop you or dictate anything to you about how you feel, how you dress, how you think, how you lead your life, put it out of your mind and do, if you're, if you're a teenager up here, do that. If you're in your 20s up here, do that. If you're 30, whatever, do who you are and don't worry about it when anyone says or thinks and you'll be happiest, even if it's not always easy.
0: I to that. Well, I think we're all going to live a little bit more authentically, and maybe we're a little bit more pink and more tutus. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, guys. Until we meet again. Okay. Ciao.